Good evening again. It is Dr. Sharita Hughes, and you know I come to you with small lectures, sometimes large drawn-out points, sometimes short ones, but there's a class that I teach assessment and use in counseling. So I want to bring up just a few points about assessment in general, especially when we're talking about intelligence test. And this kind of may come off the cuff somewhere to the left, but I want to bring it to the center because it definitely needs to be somewhere on our minds if we're considering how we choose assessments to culturally diverse clients. Um, and regardless of the context, whether it be with school counseling, um, therapy, psychoanalysis, um, or if you're just choosing to have a better understanding of assessments. So when we're talking assessments, I want to differentiate first because I'm just going to go into intelligence tests, but you know there's achievement tests and there's the aptitude test as well. But relative to the uh, intelligence test, the purpose, of course, is to measure a broad spectrum of cognitive abilities, and it's oriented based on the present and the future. And we will usually tend to use intelligence tests um, to determine the need for more in-depth evaluation, uh, to identify intellectual learning disabilities or giftedness, also for the placement or selection into specialized academic or vocational programs, and then also as a part of a comprehensive clinical evaluation. And those are really important for counselors as we're looking to um, create and develop fuller uh, conceptual pictures of the clients that we're helping. So there's some different issues that come up um, that concern, I guess, the, uh, you know, intelligence testing. So I wanted to definitely um, give you an idea on some other tests that are available um, just by name. Maybe I'll go into them in a future date, but by name, there's ones that are for uh, culturally and linguistics. And those tests are, uh, there's the comprehensive test of nonverbal intelligence. There's the culture fair intelligence test. There's the leader international performance scale. There's the Neglieri nonverbal ability test, third edition. And there might be another edition out now, I'm not sure. Um, then there's the test of nonverbal intelligence, also third edition, but there also might be another um, available now. And then there's the universal nonverbal intelligence test. And we deem that as being really important because of the bias that always comes up, that stays on our minds. Um, and that's Sattler 2008. And of course, that's pretty dated. So we're still talking about this because there's so much more concern that's been continued um, in intelligence testing because of the biased nature of the actual test. Uh, many assessment instruments were originally developed by European and American psychologists who did not consider culture or ethnic factors that um, affected the test. 
and sometimes their notions about intelligence are actually not shared by other cultures. Um, and we'll give that up to Sternberg 2003. For example, European Americans emphasize verbal ability, problem solving, and mental processing speed as important intellectual abilities, whereas other cultures or ethnic groups may emphasize social skills, cooperativeness, or obedience. Um, help seeking different ways that we actually do that. So only in the latter half of the 20th century did test developers actually begin to consider the latter half, okay? The latter half of the century did test developers begin to consider cultural and ethnic uh, factors and focus on constructing or revising tests to minimize the cultural bias. For example, verbal intelligence tests, especially those dealing with vocabulary and general information, are highly culturally loaded. And culturally loaded as a concept actually means to um, that they have items specific to particular culture. Um, and in contrast, nonverbal tests are, are culturally reduced, another concept, because what they do, they're less dependent on items with specific language symbols. And you know that in um, non-white um, non or non-Eurocentric um, ideas, we in other groups and ethnic groups and cultures use lots of symbols. Right. And so social skills is huge because of the collectiveness um, to the groups and the descriptions of the whole cultural group. So I definitely want to be able to add that just to some ideas that you might be having or maybe not even um, really even thought about when it came to assessment of intelligence and really uh, general ability. OK. And further, um, the issues in assessing a intelligence, you definitely want to just stay in tune with what those issues are because a lot of um, learners and um, people who formulate the tests or people who look at the, um, the results and what they are, I don't know what uh, they take into account because... At least fifty orbital two vital factors. We definitely have to take that into here. Sorry, my alarm was going off. So I mean, there's not really a shared agreement on what intelligence is and how it really should be measured. Is it just one ability, um, which would be that general or G, or is it many abilities? Um, that's something that. We're still unsure, and is it um, another issue would be heredity? You know, how much of our intelligence is inherited? Um, so that, those are uh, debates that are ongoing, and um, like how much family. And because a lot of people do say that it is, a lot of the theorists um, and the models of our assessments also talk about it because of it, you know, having an economic status, nutrition, schooling. Um, these influence the course of intellectual development. So when you don't have those at a suitable state in your environment, and then you go and assess or 
look at the results of this assessment and think that a person has a lower level of intelligence when these um, constructs aren't even within their environment and you look at the environment as a whole uh, composite, then you're totally misconstruing who this person is and what their capabilities over um, over time are. Remember, present and future. So having an idea of their being changed really comes up. And that change, I think, might be um, influenced by what we now know as the Flynn effect. And um, ideas about stability of intelligence over time. And a little bit on that Flynn effect because it refers to the general trend in increased IQs over time um, with each subsequent generation. So over time, we get better and as our environments um, improve, If which there was a study that came out, I think last week or week before last, that this trickle down of... Um, of the economics has not had a level of equity and there are still groups of people in certain communities um predominantly communities of color over time that have stayed stagnant and stayed where they are while other uh, communities predominantly of the dominant culture or white and more privileged have continuously moved up so we have to definitely look at that and what this actually means. So um, the Flynn effect was first discovered by James Flynn, um, who investigated IQ scores over the, I mean, really the past 100 years. Um, he found that on average, IQ scores have continuously improved to gain of about two standard deviations across the 20th uh, century. Even if gains... Um, are now beginning to tail off, as Flynn believes, uh, the challenge is really massive. It translates to 30 IQ points, which if taken literally would mean that 50% of the population 100 years ago would have had intellectual abilities consistent with intellectual abilities as defined by the current intelligence test score classifications. I mean, come on. So you think about with these views as um, many view this proposition as absurd because there's no actual evidence. I mean, look at the environment. Look at what's going on in the economy. Look at privilege and the gaps between um, between uh, different cultural groups right here in America where there's the, the largest gaps of equity, um, equality, um, salary, um, education, and and, and progress over time when we're, we're looking at such tangibles. So it's definitely something that you want to look at because the other issue that's debated is that stability of intelligence over time. Um, as the intelligence test scores not reviewed as a fixed attribute. So IQs change over time, over the course of development. So to me, if you're thinking of... Uh, groups of people that are given more over time over the course of the generations it's going to get better there are going to be improved improvements um and it's not intelligence i don't think it can be looked at as something that's such a fixed attribute so you have to um look at that from especially from what from birth to age five Research indicates that intelligent test scores are very unstable in early childhood and are 
poor predictors of later intelligence. So we got to look at that from even from a humanistic perspective, those basic needs um, when they're when they're met or when they're not met and how high we can get to across the course of our lifespan with regard to maybe the self-actualization on top of Maslow's hierarchy. Um, so definitely look further into what's kind of going on when we're looking at um, assessment relative to intelligence. All right, that's just my two cent on that. A little nice short, but look some of those things up. Again, you can find me at Sherita Hughes one at yahoo.com. Go to my website, www.cesd.biz. I have a few trainings that will be coming up that I've not posted yet. So just stay connected, stay tuned, and I'll see you folks soon.